everybody. Welcome, 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 welcome. Glad you're all here. Welcome to welcome to another live stream. I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger from dansfish.com. We do this every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Glad to have you all here with me. Looks like stream health is good. Looks like we're good. No buffering like two weeks in a row. We'll see if we can make it a third. Um, I've got some stuff to talk to you about. The first is our giveaway. I'm going to talk about that fish, and then I'm going to go over a report on the import I got in, um, which I'm very excited about. Finally got some fish to arrive. They came really late, and I'm really tired. Talk about that in just a minute. Looks like folks are here. Um, trying a slightly different setup, just the lights are slightly different. I'm positioned a little bit differently. We'll see what that looks like. Hopefully, hopefully it turns out to be a little better. I can't wait to live stream with my new camera, but there's some hardware I have to purchase and get set up before I can do that. And right now, like every last penny is going towards trying to order inventory, trying to get new fish into the business. But let's talk about the giveaway tonight. The giveaway tonight is the Black Tiger Dario. And these guys are spectacular. I, I think these pictures are fairly accurate. Um, they really do get like, like this pretty right here, this seriously fish picture. They are a gorgeous little fish. We're pretty familiar with the Dario Dario, which is the Scarlet Baddest. That's kind of the mainstream Baddest. These are similar. Um, there's a few different species from the genus Dario, very closely related to, um, to the, geni the genus Baddest, right? The Baddest Baddest and, and those, those types of fish. The Dario, um, Black Tiger Dario, Dario species Myanmar or Myanmar, I never know how to say it, Burma, <laughs> comes from northern Burma, northern Myanmar, Myanmar. I'm going to call it Burma for now, even though that's not the country's name anymore, just because I can say that better and don't know, I don't want to butcher the name all the time. If someone could put in chat um, how to say Myanmar or Myanmar correctly. Um, someone's told me before and, and I, it's been a long time and I couldn't find it before I went live. So, but anyway, they come from the North part of that. So that's, that's way up deep into almost like up by China, more, more temperate area. So the first thing about these fish is they're a cold water fish. Now they aren't a cold water fish, perhaps like they want ice over the top, maybe, but safely high fifties to mid seventies. 77 degrees might be their upper limit. Now they can go higher, but as far as them feeling the most comfortable, they like it a little cooler. So if you have a basement or uh, you live in a cooler climate or you know, are looking for a fish that you don't need a heater for, we're frequently asked, what's a good nano fish for a cold water aquarium? This would be a good one, the black tiger Dario. Now, I wouldn't get one and automatically put them in cold water. Most people that keep them are, or that sell them or that you're getting them from or keeping them in warmer water, probably the upper 70s, maybe even up to about 80 degrees or so, even though that's a little warm for this fish. But just keep in mind that you can't take a fish like that and just dunk it into a 50 
60 degree, 50 might be low, but upper 50s, lower 60s degree water and expect it to be normal and fine. In nature, they're going to have a, a period of cool down to reach that, right? So maybe they would be okay, but if you're going to do that, gradually take them over. So if you get them, keep them probably in the mid to low 70s and let it kind of gradually go down if you want to keep them cooler than that. Now, Darius have a reputation as what I like to call pretty hate machines. Thank you, Trent Reznor. Um, they, they're very territorial. Males squabble a lot. And often what you'll find happen is you'll get a few of them in a tank and it'll be a typical tank, not really heavily decorated or planted, a lot of open space and it's maybe not gigantic. And in a tank with a couple feet footprint, two to three feet footprint that isn't really well decorated. It has a lot of open space. They'll find each other and they will hammer each other. I've seen it to where you'll get a big group of, of Darios. This was Scarlet Battis, but the same is true for the Black Tiger Dario. And in a fairly sparsely uh, decorated tank. And after a while, you'll have like one big male left right? They're, they're just very intolerant of other fish of the same species, other males especially. Now, I'm keeping about 250 of them together in a 75-gallon aquarium. The secret to that, the secret to avoiding the typical problem people can have of aggression is this aquarium is almost completely covered across the bottom with java moss that grows about eight inches high. That's a lot of habitat. They burrow into, they don't burrow, they swim into the moss and they'll each claim a tiny little territory within that moss, within that three-dimensional block of the moss. Up top is a bunch of water sprite and there's just a, a small section on one side of the tank that's open for feeding and for filters and stuff like that. If you have a tank like that that's very heavily planted and has lots of nooks and crannies and things, maybe you cut up a whole bunch of little pieces of PVC pipe or a bunch of pipe elbows and you drop them in under the moss, you'll be fine. You can keep a big group together. But be aware that that's the secret to doing it, that if you're going to keep a lot of them together, then they have to have a lot of line of sight blocks. They have to have a lot of little individual territories. In nature, they grow and live in very, very densely planted areas. And so they're used to having just their little couple inches that they, they guard and they can't see beyond that maybe. I mean, I haven't been there, but I'm surmising from what I see in the aquarium, what I've read, um, and I know that that works in the aquarium. Lots of line of sight blocks, dense, dense planting, or, or tons and tons of pipes and stuff. But it can't just all be one level. Like if you took a whole bunch of half-inch PVC and just cut it into like three-inch sections and dropped it all down in the bottom, that would work a little bit. But as soon as they go on top of their pipe, they're going to see all the other fish that are at the same level. So it needs to be varying levels of height to truly block sight lines and things. If you do that, you can keep a ton together. I'm keeping about 250 of them in, in an aquarium together and, and they're fine. As far as food goes, this is the second challenge with this species. The first is they like cooler temperatures. The second is the males can be very aggressive to each other. And the third is feeding. They don't 
like prepared foods. Maybe someone here has different experience, but I have never been successful at getting them to eat like flakes or pellets or anything like that. Um, they need live food or frozen food. You know, they'll, they'll pick frozen bloodworms apart. They like frozen brine shrimp, daphnia, uh, cyclops, mosquito larva, all that stuff. So you can keep them without live food. But you have to be willing to at least step up to frozen food to be successful. So if you keep all that in mind, I think they're a great little fish. However, too often I see them kept in, you know, aquariums that are just too open and they just beat on each other and are very stressed out. So those are the things I would say. Small fish, maybe around an inch and absolutely gorgeous little gems when they color up, which they do frequently they're they're out and about a lot they color up a lot once they settle in they get a little attitude and they're not shy they're like a little cichlid almost so that's the story with dario dario um i'm sorry we're not talking about dario dario we're talking about his relative the black tiger dario which um i don't i don't think it has a species name yet so it's dario species uh Myanmar? I'm going to go with that for now. So if you'd like to win a group of those, that's what we're giving away this this evening. If you would like to be entered into that and have the possibility of me sending you a batch of them for free, um, then here's the hashtag. <laughs> the hashtag is hashtag the other Dario. Because we all know the Scarlet Baddest, right? Or Scarlet Dario. Um, but um, we don't often see the black tiger baddest. So I'm calling it the other Dario. I almost had the hashtag be sleepy time because I am exhausted. This will get us into the next part, which is the update on the import. So I did get some fish in last night. They were supposed to arrive Monday at about noon. They didn't arrive until I think I got back from the airport about 2, 2.30 a.m. last night. Um, so they were delayed a couple days, which scared the heck out of me. So I was up until 5 a.m. unboxing them and unpacking them and getting them settled and medicated and everything. So I'm pretty punchy right now. I'm, I, I'm about as tired as I've been in a long time. Seems like the last few weeks, every time I do a live stream, I'm super tired. <laughs> Life's been a little crazy, but... Yeah, it was up till 5 a.m. So I was able to get a little bit of sleep, but I had to get up. I had, I had meetings and stuff I had to take care of today. So um, not necessarily in-person meetings. I, I do a lot of meetings on Skype and stuff if you're worried about uh, me spreading the virus around. But um, I did have commitments. So I'm pretty tired because of that delay on the import. And I was scared to death that... You know, even when you get an import and they aren't delayed, there can be issues just because of how the industry packs fish so horrendously, really, is what it comes down to. There needs to be a change, but until then, um, it's, it's always a gamble. And I was like, man, delayed two days, this is gonna be a problem. There is no way there's not gonna be a bunch of problems. But I was pleasantly surprised. The import came in pretty well. I did an unboxing today. It's rendered. Uh, it finished rendering right before the live stream started, but I haven't got it loaded up to YouTube yet because I can't really do that and stream at the same time. So I think tomorrow that will probably come out. 
it might be the next day. I have a lot of stuff to catch up on just because uh, it's been crazy getting this import. But I ordered, I think, 76 species. I only got 14, but that's better than nothing. I'll take the 14. And I want to go over with you what I got in. They're going to be ready for a couple weeks at least, some longer. But let me just quickly show you um, what came in on this week's import. Okay, the first thing that came in is these. I don't know what exactly the common name is. They're like a hill trout. Um, and they're absolutely gorgeous little guys. And they are little. These are going to get maybe three, four inches. These are only half grown, the fish I got in. Um, but I've been trying to get hill trouts in for quite a while. And I haven't been successful at doing it. I finally, I've been ordering them and ordering them and ordering them. Finally, this weird week when nothing's going out, or very little is actually going out, this is when I finally get them. So um, excited to have these guys. A nice wild type betta. This is betta prima, which is just a, a neat wild type betta. They're pretty big. Uh, the fish I got in are, oh, three inches or so. And they're settling in. Again, nothing right now is fully colored or anything. They, they literally just got put in their tanks early this morning. Serpent loaches, another one I really like, kind of like a hill stream type. If you look at this picture, you can kind of see the hill stream adaptation of the fins, but they, they aren't quite the same. They aren't in such high torrential current all the time that they have the compact body, but they do uh, live in environments that can be very fast flowing, but they also get out and scrounge on the sand and, and are a little easier to feed, I find, than your typical hillstream loach, which kind of grazes. These will graze around, but they'll also pick at stuff like, like a, a normal loach would do. Okay, I'm really excited about these two. I know every fish is my favorite fish. I know, I know, it's a problem. Um, but these... Are they call them the rhino gara or the humphead gara or the hump nose gara or the sunset sunset what do they call it big nose sunset gara they, they have all kinds of names but it's this guy and they're the only gara that develops these this kind of proboscis on its face at maturity really interesting fish nothing quite like it out there and so i i had to try them and so far, they, I mean, they're super hardy. They're doing really well. They're small, though. The ones I have in don't have, haven't developed the proboscis yet. They look like small silver fish right now. They're pretty pricey. These didn't, these cost me a lot of money. But um, I'm excited to have them and have a healthy group. We'll see what they turn into. Okay, giant coolie loaches. I've always liked coolie loaches, and I like the giant ones because they get about four inches. So the problem with coolie loaches is they're so tiny that a lot of times it's just hard to keep track of them. Uh, they, these get a little bigger, which I like. I like the regular ones too, but I think these are a little easier uh, to uh, observe. My new favorite fish ever. I know every fish is my favorite. But these guys, I don't think I'll ever be without in my life again. These are horsehead loaches. What's so cool about them is how they live in the sand. So you get a deep sand bed and they burrow down in it with just their little head poking up. 
And then they come out and they search for food and then they die back down and hang out in the sand. And these guys sift sand like no one's business. Like we've all seen like geophagus sift sand or apistos, other uh, corridoras. They'll bring it in their mouth and out the gills a little bit. These guys do that, but like on steroids, they'll shovel big old mouthfuls of it and throw it out their gills. They're born to play in the sand. Kind of like they remind me a little bit of the garden eels that you'll find in in shallow um, tropical waters in the oceans. They live with their tail down in the sand in kind of a burrow. And then when a predator comes by, they, they, they go down in it. These aren't quite like that, but they're specifically adapted to live in sand, kind of like, like garden eels are. I just love them. I'm so glad to have them. And I was watching their behavior. Uh, when I first let them go and I was watching them again today and I was like, man, I can't believe I've been without these fish. They're, they're just cool. Okay. This was weird. So I ordered what was listed as, um, Carino Tetradon, um, Borneoensis, which I thought would probably be the Salvator, um, Salivator. Yeah. Salivator, the salivator species, because the fish that are listed as Borneoensis usually come in as salivator. From what I understand, these species get about one and a half to two inches, small little guys. What I got in was a puffer species that's like four inches plus. Well, the smallest one maybe three inches, the biggest one maybe four and a half inches. So I don't know what they are. They look a lot like these guys, but I'm going to have to do some research and ask some experts and figure out what they are. But that was a surprise. I pulled the bag out of the box and I was like, oh man, those are huge. (laughs) That's not what I was expecting, but they're cool puffers. I just don't know what they are. I'll have to figure that out. Sometimes it's like that when you're a fishmonger. Yo-yo loaches, just because they're awesome. Um, The Botia genus, uh, zebra loaches, yo-yo loaches, uh, ladder loaches, some of the others are awesome because they don't get too big and they aren't as feisty as kind of like some of the tiger loaches or the um, red tail loaches and things like that. So they're good community fish, but they have the color and everything. I went a little loach crazy. I read my, my book on loaches again. And I ended up ordering a bunch because they're awesome. And I've been without them for quite a while. Honey gouramis, gold honey gouramis, um, just because I I found a good batch at a good price and I've always liked them. I like this species because it stays small, maybe about two inches. It doesn't get very big. So it's, it's great in a small tank. It's, it's more peaceful than your typical dwarf gourami. Those are gorgeous, but they can be little butts. These are much more peaceful than, than that species. Okay, um, Mrs. Bimaculatus, I hope this is what it was listed as. This is what I ordered. Um, the reason I want the Bimaculatus is because it doesn't get too big, maybe two and a half inches. I mean, three inches would be a massive one. There's another species that is pretty similar, gets maybe eight inches or so. I'm hoping I have the little two-inch one. Um, if I have the one that gets eight inches, that's not so bad. That's still you know, something I can keep in a 75 or a 40 breeder. Um, so that's what I think they are. I'm always hesitant to get catfish though, because there are some man eaters out there and I don't want to end up with like a fish that's going to get six feet long. But I think I have the little guys that get two and a half inches or, or around that, maybe a little bigger. 
Okay, ordered something called blue belly gobies, listed as two different genuses. The list was one genus, um, and the um, bag was labeled as a separate genus. I'm not sure what they are exactly. They act a lot like a stiffodon. I don't think they're your typical um, neon blue goby, but they look very similar. They're more like this, though, like an aqua green um, than this kind of dark green. But they're just, or dark, I'm sorry, more deeper blue. But they're just settling in. I really don't know what they are. And the problem with gobies is sometimes I never know what they are because so many species look so similar that you would have to have a scientist come and look at the mitochondria or look at the DNA or look at, you know, analyze the teeth to figure out the species. So not quite sure what they are. They were sold as bluebelly gobies, but that's usually um, in Ikea is the, the species that I usually think of with bluebelly gobies from a, a third genus completely separate from the other two. Um, this guy right here, Lentipus Ikea is what I usually think of when I think of blue belly goby, but what I got looks like this. So I don't know what they are, but they're gorgeous. And they, they act like a stiffodon, uh, kind of grazers, a biofilm grazer. And the last one I got in was some rummy nose rasboras. Um, I've avoided these since I moved to Wyoming. I've had them before and I love them, but my, my water here is really soft. These guys come from a lake that is fairly cool, but is really hard and alkaline. So I set up a special tank for them. It's got a bunch of crushed coral in it, and um, we'll see. Hopefully they do well long term. For me, even though I have soft water, and I know lots of people that have soft water have been successful at keeping them and even breeding them, but they're kind of like Lake Tanganyika cichlids. They, they really want kind of that hard water. So that is what I got in. Um, and everyone looked pretty darn good. Oh, I got a couple of, of endlers in as well. I got a red endler and I got a, a it's called a yellow leopard endler. Um, but there's like 20 common names to each strain of endler. So I don't know what everyone else knows it as, but yeah, that's what it was uh, sold as. It, it looks kind of like a cobra endler, but a little different pattern, but the same kind of yellow um, it's got some orange, I think, on the tail. Pretty fish, but man, they drive me nuts, those common names. It's like every week they make up a new common name for guppies and endlers uh, just to try to sell it. And you're like, oh, I haven't seen that one. You buy it, you're like, oh, yeah, that is a yellow cobra, cobra endler with a different name. <laughs> um, the uh, Rummy Nose Rasboras are tank raised. In fact, almost all of these are tank raised. I'd have to go down and see exactly. Um, there are some that are not. Um, I don't believe that the Gara are tank raised. I don't believe that the, tac uh, the Black Tiger Dario are tank raised. But, um, but yeah, the Rummy Nose, whenever I have an option, I get tank raised. And that's a species I can always get tank raised. So I tend to do that. Um, all right, that's it. That's the update. Super tired in boxing them all and stuff. Um, was able to feed for the first time this evening. And not everyone ate vigorously, especially with flakes. 
it takes a little while for some fish to kind of settle down and get used to flakes. But they all came out and kind of picked at it and were curious, which is about what I expect at this stage. There were a few species that went ahead and just gobbled them up um, that are either used to that kind of food already or so unpicky they'll eat anything. Um, the other ones are starting, though, and, and if they're not necessarily going to eat it if they've never seen it before and they're not used to it. But as long as they come out and they kind of mouth it and they're curious, it's like, okay, good. They're uh, healthy enough to be t- And if they start mouthing it, the fish in, well, it's been a couple weeks. But before that, it was a long time. And I'm trying again for next week or the week after for another big order. Um, this will be about 80 species. And... Working hard on that. This one will be um, uh, pretty much a direct import, although I have a guy that's helping me just because of the temperature issues I have at the Denver airport. But um, yeah, this one, this isn't through like a wholesaler or anything. This will be directly bringing in from a guy in Indonesia. So we'll see if it works. Um, I think it will. (laughs) It's been a wild ride though, so I don't know. Error, YouTube is not receiving enough video to maintain smooth streaming. Okay. Quality dropped. Hang on. Hopefully I'm not buffering like crazy. Um, I never know what to do in this case. There's really nothing I can do. Is this stream is healthy? Nope. Okay, I'm going to try to refresh here real quick, see if that fixes the problem I'm seeing. Hopefully, hopefully that works. Okay, pop out chat again. The problem with popping out chat again is I, I might lose some of the previous chat. It might not let me go up again. Okay, now we're back to excellent. We are in the middle of a snowstorm out there. Um, we've, we've got a lot of snow today, so uh, <laughs> it could be wind issues and storm issues. All right, I'm going to get to your questions and comments now that I've given you the update and told you about the giveaway. Black Tiger Dario, pretty cool. Pretty cool little fish. And, oh, the other thing, I, I should say this before we get into questions and comments is, I don't know how the shipments are doing because all the shipments got delayed. They got stuck in Louisville, so they won't be delivered till tomorrow. So hopefully everything's going okay. I do pack for the long haul. Temperatures in Louisville are not very severe right now. They're not super cold or anything. So hopefully everything arrives in good shape. If you put in an order and you have any problem, just contact me, dan at dancefish.com, and I will take care of you. Um, I'll either refund or resend. And usually when this happens, things go pretty well, but uh, it's always nerve wracking for me. Like I, every time it happens, I'm like, ah, oh, another day of anxiety before <laughs> I see how everything arrived. The overnight stuff is fine. That all got delivered on Tuesday, but the stuff that was gonna end up arriving on Wednesday, the two day shipments are not going to arrive until Thursday of this week. And I don't know why. I don't know if there was some kind of storm that prevented the plane from landing. I don't know if there was some kind of malfunction in the equipment. They didn't say why. So sorry to everyone who's waiting for the orders. Okay, 
I'm in live chat. Check. I'm at the top as far as I can go, which is Kaler Aquatics question. Are the Rominos, Razzabors, Tank Razor, Wild Caught that I already answered? So if you um, left a question or comment that you want me to respond to before that earlier in the stream, I can't see it. So if you'd repost it down, then I will be able to get to it and, and respond to you. HC Aqua says, nice shipment. Yeah, I mean, I was hoping for 70-some-odd species. Um, well, in reality, I was thinking, okay, I ordered 76. I'll get, like, 35, maybe. Um, we ended up with 14. We'll take it. We'll take it. And it's not the uh, locality-specific, uh, you know, locality-pure rainbow fish I was hoping for. And it's not, it's not a lot of the wild-type bettas I was hoping for, but it's still a pretty cool group of fish. All right. Gary Duncan, I sent you a couple of emails with my phone number and about what we discussed earlier. Cool. Um, I'm so tired. My brain is fried. So I'll have to look at that and refresh myself. But is that uh, was that about a hobbyist breeder of rainbow fish? Someone last week or the week before mentioned that they knew someone that bred locality specific rainbow fish and might be able to sell them. Um, if that was you, yes, I'm very interested in that. Um, hobbyist bred fish in general uh, are always stronger and better and, and the way to go when it's a, when it's a possibility. But Gary, I, I'll have to look again when my brain's not totally fried. Oh, that reminds me, anyone that left an email yesterday for me, um, usually I would have gotten back to you today, but with all this delay in the shipment and stuff and me not getting any sleep, um, I'm a little behind, so I won't be responding until tomorrow. I've just got to sleep as soon as this live stream's over. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> the turkey timer has popped out. I am done. <laughs> um, and the other thing is, uh, another problem is my phone crapped out on me about a week and a half ago. I finally got my new phone in and set up. I was able to post the first new Instagram post today in like a week and a half, but Folks that have messaged me over, say, Facebook or, or platforms that are usually viewed uh, on a phone instead of a desktop, um, I haven't been able to see your messages. So I'm not ignoring you, but my phone broke and I literally was without a phone for a week and a half. So, okay. Icarian Fish Nerd. Are the hill trouts going to be pricey and how big do they get? So this species gets about... Let's look. Let's look at the trusty, um, the trusty seriously fish. I think about four inches. These guys, maybe five. Eleven millimeters. How big? Or eleven centimeters. Let's get our handy converter here. So we're about four inches. A little over four inches on those guys is how big they get. Are they going to be pricey? So I don't know. I don't know until they're actually ready to sell. Until things go through quarantine, I don't know what I price them at. I'm assuming that they'll be, um, everything will come through fine, but I never know for sure. So, yeah, so um, Hillstream, I'm sorry, hill trouts in general are a pricey fish. So they're not going to be like a 99 cent, uh, you know, Zebra Danio for sure. Um, I'm not sure what the price will need to be. I'll have to wait for a couple weeks till I can see how everyone came through quarantine and then price them accordingly. It's good now. Cool. Just a few skips. Yeah. 
I don't know what happened. The wind blew maybe. Are you getting snow too, Candy? Are you getting the same thing I am? It was an interesting drive last night for sure. <laughs> that's what that's what mountain living is though. I mean, if you're going to live here, it just comes with the territory. If you want the uh, nice cool summers and the beautiful mountains and the clean water that's amazing for fish, um, then yeah, got to put up with some things. Guitar Doc, would I be right to assume that ordering fish in large lots from overseas should come with Sherlock Holmes' phone number so you can shove all the mystery? Yeah, solve the mystery of the fishy ID? Yes. It's a continual thing. You buy something labeled as one thing, it might come in on the invoice labeled as something completely different, and then you get it, and sometimes it's neither of those things, and you're just like... All right, let's try to figure this out. And I do my best every now and then I'll post something thinking I know what it is and I'll get a bunch of messages that, hey, that's not what that is. And I'm like, oh man, usually I like to find that out before I post it, but I do my best every now and then I, I make a mistake. But, you know, there was a, in the Rainbow Fish uh, Facebook group, was it this, was it today? I think it was this morning. Um, there was a comment that said someone on Aquabit is ripping people or is a, uh, is a fraud. And then it said, they're listing this rainbow is this, and this rainbow is this, and the picture is something different. And I get that. Like if you're deep into the rainbow fish hobby or the killifish hobby or the wild betta hobby or whatever, whatever it is, any fish really. And you see that your automatic reaction is this guy doesn't know anything. He's ripping people off all that. Well, what probably happened is that guy selling on Aquabid probably bought rainbow fish from a supplier who had them listed as that. And so when he got them, he he's selling them as what his supplier sold them to him for. He doesn't know any better. Um, I doubt that it's usually with bad intent. Usually people, no one can be an expert on every group of fish. There's too many of them. There's too many that are too closely uh, too similar and are very hard to tell apart. There's too many population variances within a single species, all of these factors. And so um, just be a little understanding if someone has a fish listed and it's not right. Despite their due diligence and despite everything available to them, they might not know that it's the wrong species and they're probably listing it to the best of their ability. So and also there's a big difference between like a commercial operation that brings in fish and, and sells them and a hobbyist who like all I do is geek out on rainbow fish. I know them. I read about them all the time. I go to the lectures. I know all that. So on this group of fish, you know, I know everything. You, you can't expect the general. Uh, I mean, I try really hard and I do OK, but there's there's a lot of sellers that um, just relist whatever they bought the as. Salem Aquarium, $5. Woo, Salem Aquarium, welcome. Oh my gosh, it's a Dario Dario. Nice, nice profile image, my friend. Hey, Dan, first live stream, super excited to be a regular. Yeah, I'm glad to have you too. I don't know if you have, but I breed peacock gudgeons, would love to see a stream on them. Cool, um, I have a few left. They're for sale at dancefish.com. And that is a fish I bred and raised, and I've actually done a few videos on them, on breeding them and raising them. So um, I've made some videos. Um, yeah, maybe I can get into a live stream on peacock gudgeons. Maybe I could mix it so that it's like about gudgeons in general. 
Although maybe not, because I only have experience with two, with uh, Peacock Gudgeons and Empire Gudgeons. But yeah, you have good taste in fish though, man. Gudgeons are amazing. And thanks for the super chat. Always appreciated, never required, but it does make my wife super happy. And uh, welcome to the stream. Good to have you. Anthony Manzano, beside fish in your rays, what other aquatic life do you have in your teeth as of now? That's <laughs> what, uh, in here? Besides your fish and your rays. Um, so I don't have rays, but I have lots of species of fish and other things. Um, it's mostly like critters like live food stuff, like amphipods, um, black worms, snails, stuff like that, uh, that I kind of keep and raise to feed the fish. But besides that, I just have fish. I do have a dream though. I don't know. This tank might be the place to do it. By the way, quick segue, and then I'll get back to you, Anthony Manzano. There's a ton of algae on the surface of this tank, and I know that, but I couldn't clean it because I've got Mama Apisto in this coconut hut right here with a, a batch of eggs, and she's right there above the coconut hut. And that coconut hut is like right up to the glass. It's set back from the glass about an inch, and I was afraid if I got in there and scrubbed the algae off before the stream, um, it would disturb her. So I, I know it looks kind of funky back there with all the algae on the glass, but... Um, yeah, I'm just, I didn't want to screw up the, uh, the cycle. That's a steel blue Apisto. I know some people hate that fish because there's a rumor that it's a hybrid. Maybe it is. No one knows for sure. But um, hybrid or not, it's kind of cool. Steel blue Apistos are finally, Kayla's Aquatics, I finally caught up. I'm finally breeding some steel blue Apistos. I've caught up to you <laughs> on that one. But um, I have a dream of there's an aquatic snake. I believe it's called a file snake or maybe an elephant trunk snake or something like that it's an aquatic snake and it eats fish and um i've always thought that this tank would make a cool display for them um the problem with it is it's got these kind of weirs that uh that i was i would be afraid they would get into and go down the pipes into the filter or something like that so it's probably not the ideal tank but that's a species i saw them at where did i see them the san diego zoo i believe in the aquatic um display and they were just amazing they're a snake they've got these two little like tentacles on their the front of their face to kind of sense the fish and they'll grab a fish and they're really rough so they'll grab a fish and then they'll like squeeze it and the fish can't get away because the scales of the snake are so, so rough that they hold it in place as the snake eats it so that's a an aquatic creature that um, I've only seen once and it was at the San Diego Zoo and I would I just think they're cool fishy on tank ticks you were for about 10 seconds earlier yeah some buffer issues yeah hopefully that was the only one no more of that no more of that hey there's some more super chats thanks guys thanks for throwing down the, the money I appreciate that especially at this time I know a lot of folks are you know, it's, it's <laughs> a lot of us are without work right now. I get that. So I appreciate anything. That's so, so appreciated. Um, 307 Wyoming 4E. I have baby guppies from the guppies I got from you. Awesome. I'm so glad they're breeding for you. That's great. That's great. Congrats. 
and you're gonna have a rainbow of color with that with that mix you got hope you're doing well I bet you're getting this snow too I bet it's coming right down on top of you Wichita Falls Fishkeeper, $5, working late, have a great live stream, catch you on the replay. All right, sounds good. Sounds like a plan. Uh, always good to see you. Thanks for popping in. Mega Mindy Lou, you just have too many tabs open. You know what? That's a good point. Let me shut these down. I do have a ton of tabs open. Probably eating a, some bandwidth with that, aren't I? Okay. Fix that. Good point. Didn't even think of that. And uh, Mindy, sorry, I know you're waiting for those headstanders you won last week. I wish I wish they were there tomorrow. Tomorrow. I mean, there's some things we can't control. We we do our best and we try to make it so that when the fish are out in the world and beyond our control, um, they're prepared. <laughs> like they're insulated. They have heat packs. They have plenty of oxygen. They have they have uh, clean water, they have a clean gut, so they're not going to poop in the bag, or at least not very much. Um, so, you know, we prepare as much as we can and then and hope things go well from there. Now, this isn't the first time packages have been delayed. I've had packages delayed quite a lot longer than one day before, and uh, usually there's no problem. So let me know, um, Mindy, how they do, but I, I think we're going to be okay despite the delay. Rick Stidham, I'm in Louisville. It's about 50 right now, and I'm near the airport. Pretty nice out. Yeah, good. Awesome. I did check the weather for Louisville, and it said it said the same thing. So, yep. I know it's going to get a little cool tonight, but not, not super cold there. I'm not a guy that it's snowing right now, and it's going to get... I think the low this week is 5 degrees, so 50 sounds. That's t-shirt weather. <laughs> Guitar Doc. I figure it's like here. Locals have different names for almost everything. Throw in a different language and pandemonium. Yeah, it's all that. Plus, it's the industry. It's it's suppliers trying to steer up interest in fish and so trying to find <clears throat> names for them that will make them sell. It's marketing, like with any product. I don't think of fish as products, but, you know, quote, unquote, quote, unquote. Um, the other thing, though, is it's not always just the common names. They have to declare the species on the import. When you import a fish, you have to declare the species so fishing game can go through and do the inspection. However, a lot of times I'll get the invoice and it'll declare a species and it's not that species. And again, I don't think this is nefarious. I don't think anyone is purposely doing that. I think the people sending them really think it's that species that they have them labeled as. Um, but it's not. So sometimes it's a completely different genus. <laughs> so it's uh, it's always interesting. Always interesting. Salem Aquarium, another $5. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Once again, always appreciated. Never required, but it helps. Thanks. I will be sharing, starting, sorry, Ugh. up till 5 a.m., folks up till 5 a.m. Barely holding it together here, <laughs> to be honest. Thanks. We'll be starting my YouTube soon, not just my Instagram, at the real fish, the real fishtagram. <laughs> Senior video on gudgeons helped me tons when I started with them. Awesome. Glad it was helpful. If you like peacock gudgeons, one day we've got to 
I want to say graduate you to Empire Gudgeons, but that's demeaning to Peacock Gudgeons. So not graduate you, but one time you got to try Empire Gudgeons. They are phenomenal. And I'm trying to get another batch right now, but the supplier that I generally use for that fish has been um, unable to send fish for, I think this will be the third week in a row. So, but I'm trying. Uh, the current uh, order I'm working on, about 80 species, um, I asked them, look, if you can get Empire Gudgeons or Peacock Gudgeons, please add them to the order. So I have him looking for me, but they're not on his normal list. So it's going to be a long shot for that. Beast Heart, shipping mosquito fish. I'm thinking about starting to ship them. Cool. It will be the first time shipping fish. Any advice? They're outside pond fish for me. Yeah. Um, Beast Heart, I've, I've honestly, when I made, I've made a few videos on it, and I think I've covered it pretty well. So I would just follow, if you follow the steps in those videos, I think you're going to be as prepared as you can be. Um, I've helped a few people that way and got reports back that it went well. I've received fish from people who were shipping for the first time, followed the, those methods and it worked well. And you can modify it a bit. Like if you don't have a heat sealer, you can use rubber bands. You know, it's, it's, there's, there's little things that you can change to suit your needs, but the general principle is well insulated. Make sure the fish doesn't eat for a couple days before the bag is sealed up. And that means more than just withholding food. If you withhold food, the fish will still like, especially mosquito fish, they'll eat uh, biofilm, they'll eat poop, they'll eat algae. You'll stop feeding them and then you'll go to bag them and they'll still poop a ton. So stop feeding for a day, then bag them, put them in the, the plastic bag with some water in there. Don't seal it, don't close the top, leave the top open. Leave them in there for another day so that they truly are not eating anything. Change the water in that bag and then seal them up with the rubber band or the heat sealer or whatever. So that's what I mean when I say the fish doesn't have any food in its digestive tract. It's not just enough to stop feeding for a day or two. Often we have to actually move the fish to an environment where it has nothing available to eat or it'll just be grazing on stuff even though we stop feeding it. So insulation um, and uh, withhold the food. Then plenty of air to water ratio. So if you don't use pure oxygen, if you don't have bottled oxygen, I would suggest using about 25% to 30% water to air. So less water than air. So if you have one part water, two parts air, roughly that, or one part water to three parts air, somewhere in that ratio. So those are my suggestions. Even though they're cold water fish, mosquito fish, um, I would still do some insulation, um, even it's just a little bit, maybe not a heat pack, but just something to make sure they don't freeze solid depending on where the, you're sending them to. If you're sending them to me here in Wyoming, um, they could freeze solid even though they're a cold water fish if they're not in with the heat pack and with insulation. So depending on where you're sending them. Um, that's my advice, but um, I would watch the videos. I really, like everything I normally would tell someone, I think I've covered in those videos I've done on shipping. And Congrats and good luck. Um, I know it can be nerve wracking, but you're picking a good species to start with. They're hardy, they can take wide temperature swings, so good choice to start with. Oh no! 
We all know what that means, right? It means there's a cat fox boxing me in the face. Thanks, Chattanooga Ed. Um, $5 super chat with the cutest little cat fox picture sticker, even though he does beat me up constantly. <laughs> then the other one, man, I hate how I can't like scroll down and actually see what it says. Um, let me click here. Maybe I can. Terrence Blayton, $10. Hey, Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a way to pass the time while you're self-isolating to me. Cheers to Gungeons and Dragons. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> Someone should do that. Like a Gungeons and Dragons game where it's like fish that have a certain number of hit points and different skill sets and stuff, but they're fish cards instead of like orcs and dragons and stuff. <laughs> I like it, Terrence. That's hilarious. Rob Truitt, do you ever get any pipefish varieties? Okay, so pipefish, I can get um, several different kinds. I've, even though I love them, I grew up on pipefish. My uh, fish godfather, Jim Forche, had a tank of them uh, in his home, and I was in his home all the time growing up, taking care of his fish or um reading his fish books or, or whatever. I was there a lot. So I grew up taking care of these pipefish. I love them. The issue is that I can't tell from the listings what species they actually are. And I don't want to end up with a brackish water species. They would not do well in my setups. So that's issue number one. If I could actually narrow it down to be confident that I was getting species that were fully freshwater, I'd be more likely to do it. The other issue is I don't have enough live food. Um, you can train pipefish to eat frozen foods. Uh, the fish I grew up with were eating frozen brine shrimp and stuff with no problems. But to get them to that point is difficult. They're a dedicated carnivore. They cue in on movement to eat. They aren't going to take frozen foods. I mean, maybe there's exceptions to this, to what I'm saying. Maybe someone out there is like, mine ate right away. But it's probably going to take several weeks to get them to take frozen food um, with any consistency and any reliability. In the meantime, you're going to have to have a lot of live food for them. And sure, I've got like blackworms and stuff, but what I would really want to feed them are Daphnia and Scuds. And I don't have a Daphnia culture, and I have Scud cultures, but they aren't producing enough that I can feed all the puffers and everything and pipefish. So it, I did start a 75-gallon Daphnia culture on top of my 220-gallon Daphnia culture. I'm sorry, not Daphnia, Scud cultures. So I do have a big scud culture going now. If it really takes off and I know I can consistently provide them, then maybe I'll do pipefish. But I, I just, I know what that fish needs and I know I'm not set up to give it to them right now, which is the reason I haven't gotten them that. And man, if I got a brackish water species, that would just be so unfair to that fish. I'm not set up to do that. So. That's the reason I haven't. Shannon Miller, are the tiger dario a community fish, no aggression? Yeah, they're community fish. They aren't really aggressive to other species, but with conspecifics, with the, their own species, or with something super similar, like 
you know, scarlet baddis or something. Um, they're, they're quite aggressive. But if you have a, I covered this in the beginning, so if you missed it, uh, watch the replay. At the beginning, in the first few minutes, I talk about this. There is a way to do it. I'm keeping 250 of them together, but the tank is so densely planted that they all have their own little territory. And you'll see them just hang out. This one hangs out in, in this couple inches. This one hangs out in this inch of space, all within like the Java moss and water sprite and stuff. So there is a way to do it. They do great with other species, but they're aggressive amongst themselves. Taylor's Aquatics. I want to do a giveaway soon to thank the fish fam for getting my watch hours over. For, oh, and congrats on that, Bob, by the way. Over 4,000 watch hours. That's awesome. Can we do that again? Yeah, Bob, that sounds awesome. Um, should we set it up for next week? Or um, if you want to get on dancefish.com and see if there's something there you want to do a giveaway for, um, we could do it tonight, but wh whatever works best for you. Yeah, I don't know if you're talking like, can we do that now? Or are you saying in the future? But I'm totally open to that. Absolutely. Anthony Manzano, besides fish and tank rays, already got that one. Gary Duncan, the special keyhole cichlids. Yes. Uh, so, Gary, I saw your email come through. Um, because of the craziness with this import coming in so delayed and me um, having to be up ridiculous amounts and getting no sleep for a little while, um, I, I saw it. I will respond tomorrow. And I should be able to um, have those out to you on Monday. The only thing is, if this large import from Indonesia um, says, we're coming in hot on Monday, then I'm probably going to withhold shipping a week for any orders and stuff Monday. Because if that happens, that's going to be a massive order. And it's going to be all, all hands on deck to, uh, to make sure those fish are, are properly acclimated and taken care of. Um, but, but barring that happening... Um, I expect Gary to be able to send keyhole cichlids out on Monday. I will circle back tomorrow. I felt a little guilty that I didn't respond to you today, but um, it's it's been a it's been a weird day. Punchy paints, is it snowing for you? How's stuff in Laramie, Punchy? Are you getting this weather too? It's crazy right here, um, Sheridan right now. It's it's nuts. A big snowstorm. It won't last though. It'll warm up again and melt off. I'm I'm pretty sure. I hope. Um, here you go, lumpy dog. There you go. That's my pogo stem and um, octopus. <laughs> pogo stem and ocelotus octopus. Is that the species ocelotus? That sounds wrong right now. Yep. There's my pogo stem and um, octopus. Troll hair. Ooh, oops, that way. Yeah, that way. There it is. Ooh, like a flame. There you go, Lumpy Dog. Just for you. <laughs> okay, scrolling up because chat jumped on me. Just one moment. Nocturnal course. has anyone here kept African lungfish? Just got one from a customer at work today, and I'm looking for um, some random tips from the peeps. So I've kept lungfish. Um, 
Again, they were a fish I grew up with. Uh, my fish godfather kept one. I don't know if it was African or Australian or South American or what. So I can't speak to if it, to African. Um, I think it was African. Uh, I don't know. I don't know which species it was. But um, we fed it meaty foods. Uh, he would grow giant mealworms, and that was one thing we would feed it. That's what I remember most. Apart from that, it kind of sat and hung out. And they're a larger fish, but they don't necessarily need a massive tank because they just are not a super active fish. They kind of eat and then find somewhere to hang out today. They're like a snake that way. They'll eat and then they hide. Then they eat and then they hide. And even when they're comfortable, they'll just want to go hang out somewhere till it's feeding time. So that's about all I got for you. Sorry, that's not much. I should have just said, I don't know, and moved on. Because <laughs> what I gave you wasn't even worth the, the air it took to say it, probably. Sorry, I wish I knew more. Gary's Aquatics, do you have any freshwater puffers for sale other than pea puffers? Yes, um, not now, but in the import I got in this morning, I did get some puffers in. Um, they are a true freshwater species, I think. They are from... Uh, Asia. Um, I don't know what species they are, though. What I thought they were going to be was a small little red-eye puffer, um, but I, I covered that earlier in the stream. So those are the only ones I have. I'm sold out of Amazon puffers, and um, I I was going to get some Shodeni puffers in, but um, then all these uh, yeah supply chains melted down. By the way, someone was asking about Cross River Puffers, and I can get them. They're just super expensive, so I'm not going to. <laughs> I mean, not now, but when the Nigeria order, or was it Congo? I think it was the Congo order um, is ready to ship, then um, then I can get them. But I think I'm going to pass just because uh, I'm real hesitant to bring in fish that are worth, you know, $1,000 or more because... Uh, that fish goes down. Ooh, that would just be horrible from a business aspect. That would be horrible. It's always horrible to lose a fish, even a fish that's worth one cent, right? Even a, a zebra danio or a white cloud or a, a goldfish. So it's not about the value of the fish's life, but just from a business standpoint, that's so risky. And I'm not big enough to take a hit like that right now. Beast heart, five gallon nano cold water fish. Yeah, absolutely. Black tiger Dario. They're great. Um, they, they do fine in that size tank. So that's what I'm going with right now. Sakana Katana. Yeah, that was Gary Lang who said that on the Facebook group. Oh, no, it was, it was someone else. I saw Gary Lang respond to it, but I don't think it was Gary who first made the post. But anyway, I saw that and I was like, I get both points of view. Um, I get it. Like a pure hobbyist seeing the wrong fish for sale, that's like, Arr. now you're worried about hybrids, you're worried about fish being misrepresented to the public and, and the fish reputation suffering and all that. But I also am on the other end sometimes where I'm like, I have no idea what this is, but the supplier said it's this. I can't find any better information, so that's what I'm going to list it as. So, yeah, I get both of them. I do think most vendors could do a little more diligence before they post a fish though. But it depends on their market as well, um, if they're gonna do that or not. Most suppliers aren't necessarily concerned about selling to like 
super rainbow fish nerds. They know super rainbow fish nerds are never going to buy rainbow fish from them. Um, those people are going to buy them from places where they can track the provenance and know they're truly pure and all that. Um, so if that's not who your customer is, then there's no financial incentive really to do a lot of due diligence. So if you're just selling to people that want pretty fish in their aquariums and aren't probably going to breed them and aren't, you know, true nerds who will know the difference, you just, you just list them as what they're, they're uh, is what your supplier sells them to you for. I'm not saying I do that. I'm just saying I, I get if your market is the general population, it's like I'm just selling fish. <laughs> I, I get both uh, both mindsets. Just one more fish with Josh dropped my first killie fish dropped. Oh, OK, good. Dropped my first killie eggs tonight. Fingers crossed. Gardena in and and Australia gold. All right. If you saw little eyes in there, there's a good chance they'll hatch and there's a good chance they'll hatch right away. I used to do this lecture at the college. Um, I would go into the biology department and I'd give a lecture on killifish and I'd bring in some Fundalopanchak's gardneri eggs, for example, that were eyed up and ready to hatch. And I would start and I would say, okay, I'd explain annual reproduction and how the eggs dry out and how when it rains, they hatch again. And I'd bring them up and I'd show them the eggs and then I put the eggs in some water, really shallow water, maybe an inch thick, half an inch thick, deep, <laughs> half an inch deep or so. And um, I'd go on with the lecture and I'd talk about different kinds of killifish and all that. And then usually about 20 minutes or half an hour into the lecture, the eggs would start hatching. And I would say, come on up. And they would sit there and watch them hatch. Um, it really is that quick if they're ready to go. Not always. Sometimes it could be a day or two, but they generally hatch pretty darn quick when they're ready. So hopefully they hatch for you. Um, maybe by the end of the stream here, it's 8.02. Maybe by the end of the stream, you'll have some little babies. By the way, Josh or anyone else trying to hatch killifish, it's very important not to choke the top with your peat moss. I'll often see people trying to make sure I have my troll head right for Lumpy. There we go, Lumpy Dog. Often I'll see people making videos or, or I'll talk to them about hatching. And what they'll do is they'll take a small container of water and they'll put their peat moss in it, but it's not a wide container of water with a lot of surface area. So you end up with like an inch of peat moss clogging the top of this container of water and the little fish can't get up to the top. And that's a problem. Um, you want enough surface area that there's a lot of space where there is no peat moss, where there's some peat moss, of course, floating, um, but there's a lot of free space where the fry can get up to the water surface. Another mistake I see is people trying to hatch killifish in a few inches of water in like say a small tank or, or a jar or something where there's, you know, some depth of water to it. What you want is like an inch, half an inch of water. So a lot of surface area, very shallow water and cool water helps because if you consider rain coming down, it's cool, not necessarily freezing cold or anything, but if you make it, you know, five degrees lower than what you're planning on keeping the fish at or what the parents are kept at or something that can be helpful. So hopefully that helps you, uh, Josh, get that going. The fish tank barn. Throwing down $4.99, dropping the mic. No, I'm not going to drop the glass. 
I'm not going to drop the mic either. That's a very expensive mic. As a guy that's worked in the entertainment industry a lot, I can just see someone dropping a mic at a theater or something and the technical director of the theater watching that happen and just being like, <laughs> you don't mess with the technical director's equipment. <laughs> but thanks. That's super cute. The exercise, the, the pair with the exercise band dropping the mic. Thanks. Speaking of dropping the mic. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> um, just got to Salem Aquatics, sorry, Salem Aquarium's second super chat. If you wonder how far behind in the chat I am, I'm always far behind. That's just how I roll. Alician AS, ever come across, wow. Oh, the soda cichlid. Lost my mail. No. Um, Alcolapia Dalalani? I, I know the soda cichlids. I, I've seen, um, I've never seen them in real life. Here's something you could try. Aquarium Co-op did a video early, early, early on. It was one of the first fish room tours he ever did. I believe this was Aquarium Co-op. I don't think I'm mixing this up with LR Bretts or someone, but it's been a while. Um, maybe Candy knows it, but there's this um, fish room tour he did super early on with this couple that has a whole bunch of a beautiful fish room, a whole bunch of aquariums. And you'll notice the right one because they have like a work table set up and there's it's made with aquariums underneath it. So their work table in the center of the fish room has aquariums underneath it. Um, they had soda cichlids. So it might be worth taking a look back, seeing if you can find that video. I think the name of the people are on there. Maybe they're YouTube. I don't think they have a YouTube, but maybe from that video, you could track down who they are and contact them um, and find out if they still have them, if they have babies, you know, all that. But nope, that's a super difficult one to find. There's an, there was a, an issue of Amazonas Magazine that featured soda cichlids. It might be worth looking at that, too, and seeing if you can track down the author or um, if there's any mention in that article of different breeders that are working with them or something. That might be a lead as well. But no, Alicia, that's that's not something I can. Yep, I don't know. Sorry you lost your mail. Um, they are such cool fish. One day I'd like to keep them. Um, so unique, but I've never even seen them in real life that I know of. Guitar Doc, it's okay about the algae. If mama ain't happy, <laughs> ain't nobody happy. <laughs> Dragon Layer, Dan at DM Aquatics imports them at Dan's Fish. Dan at DM Aquatics imports what Dragon Layer? This I'm like half an hour behind. I, can't, I don't even know what we were talking about at the time. Half an hour behind and, and, and super tired. Um, Dan at DM Aquatics imports them. Well, I'll jot down DM Aquatics. Maybe I can take a look there and that'll let me know what we're talking about. Because my brain has not retaining information. 
Fish Dreams, if someone could get me some confidence to ship, I will. Um, Fish Dreams, if you haven't checked out my videos on shipping, uh, do it. Maybe that'll give you some confidence. Also, anyone that wants to try shipping and is nervous and has never done it, you can ship to me as a test. You don't have to send fish. You can just pack the box up with bags in it as if you were going to send fish. Just don't put the fish in the bags, but um, seal it all up. Do everything as if you were going to put fish in there. Send it to me. And I will do an unboxing with you, like we could do it on uh, Google Hangouts, or I can film it, or I can just do it and tell you, you know, if schedules don't work out, you know, I can just do it and give you feedback and let you know, yeah, you did perfect. Go ahead and do fish and send out and give it a whirl. Or I can be like, ooh, those bags were pretty flaccid. The, you're going to have fish pinched in corners. The heat pack got wet. You have to protect the heat pack, you know, all that stuff. But um, if anyone's wanting to ship, and is just nervous and wants to do a test, I'm, I'm your huckleberry. You can ship to me. And we can do a test or two until you're like, okay, looks like we're good. Looks like if there were fish in these bags, they would have done okay. And then we can get to that step for you. So I'm willing to help. That costs some money. I mean, paying for shipping ain't cheap. And there might be someone closer to you that you could do for cheaper. But um, that's one way to kind of get your feet wet without putting fish's lives at risk when you're first learning just the basic basics of it. Mindy, no worries about the fish. I know you pack them good. I do my best. Um, usually things go okay, but yeah, <laughs> there's, there's enough risk that I'm always a little anxious till they arrive. Always. B-Star, do sirens, not snakes. Yeah, I, I know you're into those Florida sirens, right? I've never kept them. But there's a lot of cool amphibians and stuff. Guffy, <laughs> Guffy, the Guffy fish nerd, <laughs> the Guffy pish nerd, Guppy fish nerds. Sorry, are skunk loaches a calmer loach? No, oh no, oh they are little butts. No, those are some of the most aggressive. The skunk botia, I think that's what I think that's the same thing. Super aggressive. It's too bad because they're awesome, but nope. Very aggressive little fish. Lumpy Dog, please learn. We know, oh, yeah, the, the head thing. I've been trying, Lumpy Dog. I've been trying. A little to the left. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, I'm super punchy. Fish Dreams, I know you have a shipping video. Would you make one for beginners, do's and don'ts? I, I kind of did. Um... I, I think I, I honestly, I, I put everything into that video that I thought was important. Like if you look at that video and you do that, I think you'll be successful. That's what my goal was. So, I mean, there's such a massive list of don'ts. Um, I don't think I could cover them all, but I can show you what I do and what works for me. That's what I tried to do. If, if you have any specific questions, um, let me know here or send me an email or I'd be willing to do like a, a FaceTime with you and we could talk about it um, in person more or less. Uh, more or less, I mean, virtually in person um, and I could talk you through it. But I'm, I'm willing to help folks that want to ship fish for sure. Especially if you want to list them on Get Gills, because that's how that site functions. I need people to list fish on there and ship them. So <laughs> it's not a requirement, but it's always my hope that 
that'll help get gills grow. Gary's Aquatics, do you by chance have any freshwater puffers, but not pea puffers? Um, just, yeah, I think I already answered that one. Just the uh, red eye puffers or whatever they're going to turn out to be right now. And just sold out of Amazon puffers a couple weeks ago. Kayla's Aquatics, Dan, I recently saw a fish being bagged and shipped two to three hours after a good meal. Have you heard of this? Apparently it's done routinely. I know you fast fish. I think that's a disaster. That sounds like a disaster waiting to happen. Um, uh, my goal is always to empty the fish's digestive tract before I ship it. The last thing I want is for the fish to have food in its system so it poops in the bag because that's ammonia. I mean, immediately, that's ammonia. And ammonia is one of the biggest dangers that fish shape, uh, fish face when being shipped um, or even when just being kept in the aquarium. So I don't know about that. Um, now, if there's someone that has been doing it for 30 years and has like massively good success, then I could be proven wrong. But that sounds like a disaster to me to tell you the truth. No offense to whoever does it if it works for them. But that's completely counter to uh, to the strategy that that makes sense to me. <laughs> Ginger Gray is throwing down $4.99. Hey, Ginger, sleep. Who needs sleep? You're good for at least another 24 hours. Yeah, no, I'm no LRB. I'm about at the end. I could. There was once when I was working on a movie set and we only had a studio for, I think we had it rented for like, they had it rented for like five days. So we had to get the sucker done. I think that entire week, I mean, I stayed up for days. That entire week, I think I slept like, I don't remember the number of hours, but it was very little. I never want to do that again. And I'm too old now, man. I was in my early 20s at that time. Now, ooh, that would just hurt. HC Aqua talking about pipe fish. Cool. Maybe they, uh, maybe um, HC can help the person who's asking about them. Yeah, I would love to get them if I knew that they were fresh water and if I knew um, that I could feed them, that I had the supply of live food necessary to keep them properly. All right. I'm scrolling because Chad jumped. That just means I'm too slow. YouTube's like, pick it up, brother. Not my style. The first, uh, it jumped on me. I scrolled up. The first comment I can see is Guitar Docs. So if you left a comment above that, go ahead and post it below. There's a chance I might still get to it, but we are uh, down to the 15-minute wire here. And I ain't going far over. I'm sleeping. <laughs> Guitar Docs says, What has been the most surprising rare odd fish that has snuck into a huge mixed order? That's a fantastic question. Huh. I would have to think about that. The, the, the one that was most recent was a couple little loaches. They came in with Pandagara. I brought in, I don't know, 100, 150 Pandagara. And there were these little, they were small. They were about one inch or so at that time. They're bigger now. But, um, there were these two little loaches that came in with them 
And they're from a family of loaches that is very um, difficult to identify because a lot of the species look very similar. And it's an, and so I forgot the name of the family. I was trying to, so here's the rabbit hole I went on. I, I forgot, I was trying to identify them. So I got out my loach book, reading about the family to make sure I knew how to take care of them and stuff. And then I got reading about loaches again. And then I was like, man, I got to get more loaches. So that's why this import has so many loach species in it. But um, I never did identify them. They grew up to about two, two and a half inches, maybe three inches. Not two and a half, let's say. And then big fat loaches at this point. And I um, sent them to a customer on Monday. So never did figure out what they are. So that's an odd fish because I still don't know what it is. But there have been some others that have been really rare. And I was like, no way. Um, but I can't. Oh, there's another one. It's a tetra that looks kind of like the black morpho tetra, the Weitzman eye, but it gets bigger. It gets like three inches. Um, what did it come in with? I think it came in with some um, carry tetras. And I forget the species name. I finally figured it out, but I didn't, I didn't figure it out till like a week ago. And I got that fish six months ago. So that was a pretty interesting one too. Um, what is it? Uh, I'd have to look it up. Um, it's one of those ones that kind of has a, a complicated scientific name and it's not a group of fish I, I interact with a lot. So I couldn't, I can't remember right now, but it's really cool. Nocturnal Aquarist, all good, man. Any experience is good experience. Yeah. <laughs> after time <laughs> HC Aqua yeah um, the uh, so that's another fish that I thought they might be is these guys the mystery uh, puffers that I got in thought they might be these guys however I don't think they have the right markings for them and the other thing is, if you look here, according to at least Seriously Fish, which is usually right about the, these things, it only gets four and a half centimeters, so around two inches. And the fish I got in are like four inches, so I don't think it can be that fish, um, unless Seriously Fish is wrong on the size estimation, which is always a possibility. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm going to have to dig in with some folks and get some close-up video or pictures and do some comparing to figure out what those puffers are. You might have been talking about something else, H.C. Uh, Aqua, but I saw the species name and I was like, oh yeah, I was thinking they might be that too, but no, they're too big, according to Seriously Fish. So Kana Katana, if you eventually get those red-eye puffers and spotted Congo puffers, do you think you'll be able to get them to eat your pashi like the Amazons? That's the hope. I mean, I have the red eye puffers right now. They came in this morning. Or, or whatever they're going to be identified as eventually. They do have the high keel. They do have the keel that that genus has. So maybe they're just super big ones. I don't know. Um, and I'm going to try. I'm going to try. We'll see. I don't ever expect any puffer to switch to Rapashi. I was super surprised when the Amazon puffers ate it. 
Some puffers are more like driven by prey movement than others. Like an ambush predator, it just sits there and waits and then tracks movement and then jumps on it is less likely probably to switch to Rapashi than like an Amazon puffer or something that's swimming around looking for food all the time. So I think it depends on the species, but I'm going to try my best. If not, I'll be uh, investing in some heavily shelled live food to keep the teeth worn down. The spotted Congo puffers, yes, I think those will switch to Rapashi. But the red-eye puffers, I'm still not sure. I, I can't. So far, they've been pretty sedate. So if they're a sedate ambush predator, maybe not. That could be difficult. But I'm not quite sure how they're going to, uh, what their behavior is going to be like until they settle in and stuff. Yeah. Mike M. Hey. Mike E. Mickey. Mickey M. Congrats. Good to see you again. Candy has 800 subs. I know. She's putting out all that content for it. <laughs> I think it's awesome. Every time I go see the uh, the girl with no contents channel, every now and then they pop in just to see. And it's always amazing to me how much uh, <laughs> how many subs she has. It's just a testament to how much we value her, though. Thanks, Candy, for all you do. Sincerely. Candy overalls. I remember that. They are no longer active. Let me see what I can find. The video cool the video on the um soda cichlids i believe is what we're talking about there that would be awesome if you can find something dragon layer it was the elephant truck snake and it's dm exotics not aquatics oh thanks they bring them in gotcha yeah they're i mean i can I can find them. It's, it's not necessarily a matter of not having a source for them. It's more, uh, it's more, I don't have the, the right tank for them. I'd have to get the right setup and everything. And I'd have to dedicate a big tank to them. And that tank would not be productive in the sense that it would be a money-making tank. It would just be a display, just kind of a van, uh, not vanity, just a, a self-indulgement tank. And my business is so young right now that I kind of have to put every square inch into revenue um, to survive and to grow, uh, to, to build this warehouse that I'm wanting to build in a while and things like that. I, I've kind of got to really, uh, really take advantage of every square inch so that I can show the investors return so that I can get the money necessary to do the expansion. So, um, but yeah, I appreciate that. DM Exotics. I will check them out. Thanks for clarifying for me. Icarian Fish Nerd. There is a beautiful jewel cichlid species, Hemichromis exul. Is it easy to find? Um, I did get an email, must have been from you, about, I believe, that fish. Um, again, I'm, it's going to be tomorrow before I get to that. Huh. I mean, it is beautiful. I think all the hemichromis are spectacular fish. Cool. I can look into it. I do have some uh, sources for West African cichlids and stuff for sure. The issue is I generally don't bring in hemichromis just because they are so aggressive. But uh, I wouldn't be against looking into that. It's a pretty fish. Kenny Overholz, thank you for posting my email so folks can uh, get in touch. 
<laughs> just got to Ginger Graves Super Chat, and we have six minutes to go. It's not too bad. Oh, sorry. Gotta wet my whistle. I was smart. I brought two water bottles, or two containers of water anyway, so I wouldn't run out this time. Not, smart, not too bad for a guy on no sleep. Okay, looking here, because chat jumped on me. Oh, Ikerian, was that Ikerian Fishnerd? Ikerian Fishnerd, um, usually when fish are listed for sale, they don't give the species name. They just say jewel cichlid or red jewel cichlid or brilliant jewel cichlid or something like that. So tracking down a specific species of jewel cichlid can be, can be a little bit difficult. Um, I think my best suggestion for now would be to check um, wet spot tropical fish. They sometimes get stuff like that in. I don't know if they have any or not, but sometimes. Michael Wentworth, hey, good to see you. Um, Michael, I saw, I finally got my new phone up and running. I've been without a phone for a week and a half because my old one completely stopped working. And um, I saw that uh, you sent me a message and I will get to it. It's probably gonna be tomorrow, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's lots of people that message me and think that I'm just ignoring them. I'm not. My phone literally was unfunctional. <laughs> I finally got a new one. The other Dario, thanks for the opportunity, of course, in taking time to educate us. Reading is pleasure. No more professor. <laughs> Hashtag three times equals world peace. You know it. You want world peace? Just get three more, three times the number of tanks you currently have. If you have 10, get 30. The world will be a better place. That's right. Hey, Michael, thanks. Good to hear from you. Um, and thanks for everything you do, too. You're an awesome moderator on the uh, Get Gills Facebook group, and I appreciate it. Anyone looking for a good Facebook group? Get Gills. There's no drama. Not yet, anyway. A uh, bunch of cool fish people. And post their stuff, answer questions, get discussion going. And Mike does a great job. Michael does a great job moderating that, along with Disco Fish. Tim Gossetti, what do you try and keep your nitrite levels at? Zero. I'm sorry, nitrate levels at. For me, pretty much zero. I know that's weird. I know 20 to 40, but that's only if you're trying to grow plants. And I could kind of care less about plants. So if you're trying to grow plants, sure, you want some nitrates in there. But the fish would prefer not to have nitrates in their environment. So I'm a fish first kind of guy, so I prefer to have my nitrates at zero. Of course, when I'm cycling a tank up, then I want to see the cycle progress to nitrates. But um, I change a lot of water. So typically when I do a reading, I have zero ammonia, zero nitrite, and zero nitrates. Now, even so, I can grow a lot of water sprite, which is a nutrient hog. It, it needs nutrients. Um, I can grow other plants, but it's not my focus. So even though there's no reading of it, fish do poop and stuff in the tanks. And so there is ammonia and there is nitrite and there is nitrate um, just in very, 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 very low levels. It's undetectable. So that's different than most people, but I like my nitrates at zero. Now, 
for a long time, I didn't keep tanks that way. When I was a hobbyist, I'm not, not bringing in, I'm still a hobbyist. Um, I, I hope to never lose that. But when I was just doing 25 to 30% water change once a week, once every two weeks, like a normal tank, right? Um, then I would have nitrates. Um, I didn't really monitor them though, because I didn't really have issues because I changed the water regularly and all that. But um, a guy like me that's bringing in new fish all the time, my goal is to keep the fish with as few stressors as possible. So they settle in and they get healthy so I can sell them. And so because of that, I like to keep my tanks with zero nitrates because that's just one less stressor for the fish. Even if they can take it, they don't necessarily like it. Also, I tend to keep like lots of different species of gobies and um, kind of hillstream type fish. Uh, some of these loaches and things, hillstream loaches, I like a lot. There's a lot of fish that I like that really do not do well with, with nitrates. Now they can, I, I suppose, but in the wild, they come from very pristine, very pure water. And so I tend to just not want them. But that's, I'm an exception. I'm a weirdo in that way. And I acknowledge that. I'm not saying it's the right way or the way everyone should do it. <clears throat> okay, we're going to get one more. And then we're doing the drawing. We're just running out of time here, folks. I mean, the host is so freaking long-winded. If you would just, it's a problem. <laughs> we'll get one more and then we'll do the giveaway. Um, Michael Wilson posting a species name here that I don't recognize. So I'm going to look it up. I wonder if he's helping with the puffer. Oh, yes. This is the Tetra. Check that out. Large species that looks like a black morphotetra. You nailed it. That is Michael Wilson, the tetra that came in as a contaminant that was freaking amazing. I love it. I don't have them anymore, um, but I had them for, um, I don't know, I said six months, but honestly, it was longer than that. I've had them for a long time, but that is it. Cranuchus. Spirulus, I guess. Cranuchus spirulus. Spirulus. Oh, shoot. I was just going to thank the super chatters, and then I took too long and they disappeared. Mega Mindy Lou, $10. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Mindy. It's like the, what is it, the bashful? Oh. <laughs> that's, that's what I think of as the bashful move. I don't know, but thank you so much. Always appreciated, never acquired, but it does make the wife super happy. Kayla's Aquatics with a $10 super chat. This is the uh, Dan, please end the stream soon super chat. <laughs> thank you, Bob. I appreciate it. Appreciate you. And it's like the uh, the man version of the Pippi Longstocking cheerleader. <laughs> thank you, Bob. All right. Well, we're going to have to end it. Looks like Pam Punchy Paints aka not candy is going to be streaming in about 30 minutes so pop on over there um killers aquatics did you update on the nigerian shipment i'm just waiting for nigeria to open up um nigeria is still shut off to all shipments so because of the coronavirus the nigerian government shut down the country there are no flights from the united states to nigeria anymore and if flights don't go from the united states to nigeria they don't go from Nigeria to the United States either. So there is no way right now to get anything out of Nigeria or the, the, or the uh, Democratic Republic of the Congo 
or West Africa in general. So that's the update. Got a bunch of fish there waiting for me. I just can't get them because of the shutdown. So wish I could, man. Oh, wish I could. Yep. Oh, well, who could have foreseen this? It's a weird time. Let's do the giveaway here. We have 105 eligible users. Not too bad. And the winner is... That's a drum roll, by the way. Oh, got to get the troll hair. Drum roll is... Sean! Mr. Shelley himself. Mr. Shelley, you have won. Sean OOTD. You have won. So if you would chime in, uh, let us know you're here in the next minute or so, then you'll be the winner, and I'll send them to you probably Monday, unless uh, unless I get good news that there's a massive shipment coming in for me to go pick up in Denver. Um, if that doesn't happen, then these are yours. Uh-oh, did Sean win and then, and then drop off? We do have a bit of a delay, um, as little as possible. I don't like delay, but there, yeah, there you are. Yo, that's awesome. All right, they are shell dwellers, but for a non-cichlid, they're pretty close. They're kind of like a cichlid and they're small. <laughs> Not a shell dweller, but as close as a shell dweller you'll get with a non-cichlid fish, I guess. <laughs> um, all right. That's it. Thanks, everybody. I want to thank my mods. You're amazing. I appreciate you so much. Um, thanks for all you do. Everyone that left a super chat, that was nice. There were a lot of super chats tonight, and that's going to that helps, especially during this kind of dry time when I'm not moving the kind of volume I really need to be just because supply chains are, are so not moving right now with all the travel restrictions going on in the world. Um, so I really appreciate it. That's, that's truly going to help. It's kind of, it's, it's a tight time right now. Um, at the, uh, it dance fish. Yeah. It's ramen wages for sure. Um, Everyone that asked questions and made this lively, I really appreciate you being here. I really appreciate you uh, interacting and making this an awesome community. Um, Sean, if you would email me, dan at dansfish.com. By midnight tonight, first and last name, shipping address. Even if I already have it, just make it easy. Put it all in the email for me. Um, I would appreciate it. Until then, until then, until next week, 7 p.m. Mountain Time, I appreciate you all. The unboxing should come out tomorrow or the next day. Until then, have a good one.